Well, here we are. How are you doing, matey? I'm good, thanks, Barry. How are you? Good. <laughs> another another day, another webcast. Have you ever thought of how many webcasts we've done since 2010? Well, it's a good few, isn't it? It must be... Um, it must be about 500, I reckon. Well, that's what I, I, I figured around 40-ish a, a, a year. Yeah. 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 And then, then so you, you do. Years. Yeah. So that's crazy, eh? Yeah. Time yeah. flies when Not you're bad. having fun. And plus all the other, you know, the the other kinds of uh, broadcasts that uh, both of us do. Yeah. And you were, where were you? You were in Poland recently? Well, I was actually sitting here, but I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was beaming myself into Poland. Well, I was beaming myself and an interpreter into Poland um, last night. So, yeah. Yeah. It, well, you know, the Polish ones, it's great. There's a huge number of people who, who watch it afterwards, and but not so many live. But, yeah. you know, that doesn't matter. For me, it's a, a case of we do it and it's it's there. It's available for people. And, yeah. Uh, that's, that's that's the thing. So yeah, it was it was fun, and I had yeah. a really good interpreter, so it was very easy. Yeah, I, I get I, sometimes I get I confuse my kids uh, when I uh, when I I will say because in my mind, like I was you know I spoke in South Korea last week via yeah transmit you know transmitting from here, but you know I I think I'm in South Korea, right? They go oh. How are you yeah. going to go to South Korea so fast? But yeah, it, but it is amazing how how this, uh, you know, and like, you know how we with all the the people that are on now already, right? We just we're always amazed. It's just like people keep showing up. So okay, well we'll just keep doing it. So yeah, so thanks everybody for for joining us again. It it never gets old for us, and you know we we trust that. Uh, there, you know, there would be something of life that would be imparted in, in all this, and of course, Mark and I are, we're we're getting ready to kind of wrap up. This is our twelfth year, right? We'll be starting our thirteenth year. Is that correct? In the yeah, in the fall, yeah. So yeah. just, yeah, it's just an amazing journey, and um, and you know, speaking of that, um, I won't be here next week. Uh, on, I won't be on a plane on while the webcast is on, but I will be kind of getting close to being en route to the airport where I'll be heading to Finland. So Mark will be yeah. on, on his own next week, and uh, I'll be there for a couple of weeks. And uh, then you're going where after? Yeah, week on Saturday, I head off to Uganda. So first time in three years, really yeah. looking forward to being there, being in Motomioni. So I, I fly on Saturday, get there on Sunday, and then I've got a week's work with the team at Motomioni and then come back. So next week it will just be me, the week after that. So two weeks today there won't be a webcast, and then three weeks today we'll be, both of us will be back. We'll be back, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to stay awake. Because <laughs> I'll be on Finland. Mind you, Finland time seven seven hours ahead. That's only ten p.m. So I, that shouldn't be too bad for me. But uh, yeah, you should be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll drink an extra cup of coffee. So uh, anything yeah. anything new and exciting going on in your world or? No great news, really. No no events to to mention. So no no, no new grandchildren in the last week. Not in the last week. No, yeah. No, no. <laughs> it, nearly four weeks off. So. It's been very <laughs> eventful for you, for sure. But, uh, yeah. It would indeed. But, yeah, that's just, they're all doing well. 
Well, as as uh, I do, you know, I will be, you know, talking about a bit of a childlike heart again. And uh, it's kind of a bit of my soapbox. And Mark and I were talking about that earlier. And I, you know, I, I know I keep revisiting this, but, you know, hopefully there'll be some life in that. But uh, it's... Uh, there's always life in it, Barry. Yeah, Come on, well, there's always uh, Thank you. <laughs> but would, would you mind, before we start, just opening in prayer, brother, and just uh, asking... For Papa's mercy for me, <laughs> I need all the mercy and help I can get. So, ah, come on, <laughs> sure thing, but yeah, Father, thank you once again for your love. Thank you for your life that flows into us and through yeah. us. And we just thank you, Father, just for this opportunity and privilege yeah. to be together once again. Father, your family from all around the world just gathering together in this format is yeah. great. We thank you that we can do it. We thank you that technology works this way and enables us just to be yeah. together as your sons and daughters. Yeah. And yeah, just enjoying fellowship together, enjoying your presence. And Father, this is, you know, this is such an important topic. Mm. Um, your son said so many times, the only way to enter the kingdom is to come as little children. Mm. And we need to be keep on being reminded about it because we become sophisticated and we try to be wise and learned and we forget mm. what you've instructed us to be. And so, Father, just this evening, just today, we I want to pray a blessing on Barry as he shares this topic uh, once again. It will be life to us. Yeah. Um, and it will just set our hearts alive. It will bring our hearts alive. Yeah. It will do us good. Father, that you would touch the depths of our heart with your mm. love. And we thank you, Father, for your presence with us. I pray, Father, that all of those watching this, this webcast, whether live or, or, or later, I pray, Father, for a real revelation of your heart tonight. Mm. Father, even if we've heard this before, I pray for a new revelation mm. a deeper revelation father deeper insights into your heart as barry speaks to us father just make this come alive to yeah. each one of us individually and where we think we're wise and learned father mm. where we struggle maybe with intellectual performance would you just give us a revelation of your love and your nature and your character and just draw us into that intimate place with you mm. So, Father, we bless you. We thank you. Thank you for your love. May your love be poured out mm. into our hearts, mm. shed abroad into our hearts, as the King James said. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. I'll see you in a bit. And then I, you know, I hope that you just kind of clean up my mess at the end. Just, you know, <laughs> as you always do. <laughs> All right, my brother. We'll see you in a bit. Bye-bye. Yes. So, uh, yeah, everybody, thanks for, again, joining us in, on this amazing journey, um, just getting closer to God as a father. Um, and I, yeah, I, you know, and I'm going to say forgive me for revisiting this topic of a childlike heart, but um, I, I do feel that there are there are some nuggets that may be somewhat new, um, at least for me, that I'm I'm processing and thinking about and, you know, asking Papa to to just help me to to put words to really in a sense describe the the indescribable and um, i think one of the things that you know it's 
that when I've been thinking about, again, how love comes to us, um, and how we receive a revelation of the Father's love, you know, oftentimes, you know, over the years, and I'm sure Mark has had this happen too, where people with really good intentions have come up to me and, and, and very sincerely, and but very frustrating, saying, like, how do I receive this revelation of the love of the Father? How do I get it? How do I grasp it? How do I, you know, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm doing my devotions, I'm being obedient, I'm doing everything I can, but why is this, this so, you know, it seems to be elusive for me? And of course, there isn't a formula for this. I mean, this is because we are, we are all unique, and the Father speaks our own language, and He loves us uniquely, and, you know, He, you know, sometimes it's just a, I don't know if it's, it's more of a, uh, a, 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 t- a timing issue, whether it's a, or his grace or or there's something in our own heart that shifts where it positions us more to receive his love. Because the truth is, it's not that the father loves us any less uh, uh, because he loves us all with the same level of intensity. And that's with all his heart. It's just our ability to be aware of it. And of course, uh, you know, we even talk about revelation and how important revelation is. It's it's very much uh, something where I like the the um, the definition of revelation that means to pull back the curtain, meaning there's something behind the curtain that has always always existed, uh, but we just don't see it. And but it's when the curtain is pulled back, it's like aha! For the first time, I see it. And and so I I really believe this whole idea of even talking about a childlike heart. It's not being having a childlike heart for the sake of a childlike heart. It's in the sense of you know. Uh, you know, it's all wonderful to revisit the the origins of being little, but it's it's actually being able to come to a place in our heart where we become open, our hearts become open to receive a greater outpouring of love. And it's I think so. When I talk about the 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 little door, which this is titled the little door that opens up a big kingdom. You know, and of course, you know, later on, and in, in, I'm going to share about Matthew 18, where Jesus talks about the entry into the kingdom is through a childlike heart. And, you know, when I think about the little door, it, it's like, you know, you know, when Jesus talked about the 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 camel uh, passing through the eye of the needle. And from what I understand, the eye, eye of the needle uh, that Jesus was referring to was a, like a smaller door uh, in a gate in Jerusalem, and so the ca- like for a camel to get through the eye of a needle, it would be really tough because the camel's big and the and the door small. And I, I I feel kind of in essence that that if there's a if if we could you know and this is more uh, for I- imagery's sake, but if we could think of the door and I you know you see behind me the picture of a, a door and, and two little kids. Uh, just standing in front of it, it, that the door into the kingdom, according to what Jesus talked about, is very small. It means means like a big person can't fit through that door. Only uh, a little heart, a, a, a child, a childlike heart, you know, a little person in their heart can actually fit through that door. But the most amazing thing is the door is small. So, you know, the door it can maybe fit, you know, a two-year-old or a three-year-old or a five-year-old. But, you know, if, if I try to bring my adult ego into it, if I try to bring my adult ability into it, it just doesn't fit because the door is small. But the crazy thing is, is that when we are able to, you know, 
humble ourselves and come through that little door as a little child. On the other side of that door is this vast kingdom, immeasurable kingdom, that's this infinite kingdom. And it's so big and it's so wonderful and so amazing that I truly believe. And, and you know, and again, this is me. This is the, the journey that my wife and I walk on. And, and, and if 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 you don't understand it or don't get it, you know, I, I totally understand why. Uh, but for us, this is the way life works. And it's like the kingdom, I feel, the kingdom is so big. The kingdom of God is so massive, so huge, so incomprehensible that an adult mind cannot grasp it. Because an adult mind tries to imagine or tries to understand or tries to rationalize or tries to reason the kingdom. And it's just, it's too big. It's just so, so beyond our ability to comprehend that it, it takes the heart of a little child that is is void of that stuff it's like a, a little child doesn't have a developed intellect or reason hasn't gone to school hasn't learned the ways of the world so they they don't even have the capacity to lean to their own understanding and and so when they're able to hear things almost like from the first for the first time and it it's just imprints on their hearts with childlike faith it's just like yay you know there's angels yay i have my own angel yay you know it's so good but with adults we go well, wait a minute i don't know is that really theologically correct well what does the original greek say and then we get can't lost in in the in a somewhat of a to me of of a confusion almost uh, where we we abandon the simplicity of christ and 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 go to this world of 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 intellect and and trying to manage life and then as Mark already mentioned you know where you know Jesus said in Matthew 11 he said he was praying to his father in, in verse 25 and 26 and he said I thank you father for you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and you've revealed them to little babies and the Greek word for for little babies here is untaught unskilled babies wordless infants meaning that before uh, a baby can actually speak a word and the father is so delighted to reveal the kingdom to those with a childlike heart. And so this is where, you know, I feel that I just want to touch base on this again today. And, and one of the things that I, I was thinking, I, I, I do my devotional life. It, is often around walking and Mark knows this about me that I, I, I have a tendency to, you know, add some steps every day. Uh, you know, I think, you know, in the last year I've averaged about 20,000 steps a day, but in a, a lot of that between, you know, one and a half and three hours a day, I walk and, and I have, you know, this, this time, you know, God uh, walked with Adam and Eve in the garden, in the cool of the day. And I just, you know, I just feel like I had this time of walking with Papa and just talking and re reflecting. And the other day I was just reflecting on uh, the, just the journey of, of the of a childlike heart and what makes little children safe and, and or great in the kingdom of God. And I was just thinking about the the, the divine spark. And I, and I kind of, this is just a thought I had. And it was just like, I wonder if at the moment of each and every one of our conceptions, so when the you know our parents, the sperm and the egg came together, and that divine spark when the, when God said you know let there be life right at that very moment, I wonder if in that very moment everything that God desired for us, everything that He planned for us, everything that He dreamed for us before the foundation of the world, the Bible says He chose us to be part of His family. And he knew us before we were conceived. Like, I just wonder if in that moment, is if we were the closest to his intent in our life. And then from that moment on, we develop in our mother's womb, right, for, for nine months. 
And it is very, from what I understand, I've, I've, I've read some articles about this, is that there is this um, idea that uh, babies, like fetuses, when they're in their mother's womb, they actually feel what their mother feels. So if their mother is feeling at peace, then they feel peace. If they, the mother is feeling afraid, they are feeling afraid. If the mother is rejoicing, they are feeling that rejoicing. And, and they've done some tests, and I think 30-week-old uh babies in the mother's womb where they actually have um, memory and so they've been able to test to see that the babies even have memories in the mother's womb so you know when I was thinking about this and and so even in the womb in utero it just it it's just it's in this place where we're influenced whether good or bad depending on on what is happening with our mothers and of course babies can hear the voice of the fathers and everything else but you know it's it's like at that moment you know when when that divine union of sperm and egg came together that that is the what god intended for us to be and then from that moment on we are influenced by uh, our our parents, we're influenced by siblings, we're influenced by friends, we're, by school, by teachers, by our culture, by our government, by media, uh, by employers, by even religious training. And it's like all these things start to bombard us and we begin to be affected and changed and, you know, sometimes, you know, going away from God's original intent. And so I, I really believe that this this call to return to a childlike heart, to to the wordless infant, the, the the untaught, unskilled babies, where there's something in the heart of the father, I believe, that is drawn to the little us, you know, that that still is alive and well in us. And you know, when I think about this message of the childlike heart, it's not really intellectually stimulating. It it has to be received in a place of weakness. Um, to really come to terms with a childlike heart, we need to come to terms with our independence and in being learning to become dependent and our helplessness. You know, some people might think, ah, it's not even theologically important, you know, because it's it's too simple. Uh, you know, and maybe it's because we want to be in control and little kids are out of control. You know, the kind of the adult in us, the the competent um, big person in us, you know, they want want power and position. And certainly uh, having a little heart of a little child doesn't reinforce our own pride or our self-sufficiency or independence. And I think some of those things are the, the, the reasons why we can resist this message of, of becoming a little child again. And so for some people, it brings back memories of pain in a time in our life when we weren't safe. And so I think one of the things that can, can struggle, we can struggle with, you know, even grappling with this transformation what did jesus mean to have this transformation into change it's like well you know you know i have spent my entire life trying to put as much distance between when i was a little boy and when i was an adult because when i was little i i was hurt you know children parents are god to their children especially the younger the parent or the younger the child the little children from the age of zero to seven simply believe everything their parents say to them so there's this incredible weight and impact that comes from our parents so oftentimes i think we spend our lives just trying to put this distance between us and that childlike heart so when we hear about you know, being little kids again, it's like, man, that wasn't a good, I don't have good memories of that. I have a lot of pain associated with that. So I don't want to go there again. But yet many of our adult struggles are rooted 
in childhood pain. Uh, one of my uh, close friends is a, um, a doctor, and you know he deals a lot in addiction medicine, and you know he has talked to me about that so much of the adult addictions even are found. The root is found in childhood trauma, and so you know we can you know, try to do everything to cope and compensate for the wounding of a child. We try to make all this distance between us and when we were little. We try to uh, almost disconnect from the little of us. But how is it working? You know, oftentimes, you know, we will spend our, our, our lives looking for counterfeit forms of love and false comfort. And, you know, maybe we hope that by trying to fix whatever that was that, you know, kind of went wrong when we were little, that that one day we, we will feel fill that empty hole that is inside of us. You know, for me, I, I look to performance to fill that hole. Some people look to addictions. Some people look to relationships. And some people look to religious striving to try to deal with the pain or the, the emptiness or the things that were said or the things that weren't said by by parents when we were little. But I think, you know, when I think about these things, the thing that I want to encourage you and me about is that I believe that there's only one thing that will ever satisfy the longing in any of our hearts, and that's the love of God as a father. And I believe the only way that we can receive the father's love is to posture our hearts as his little child. You know, we... We know First John 3, 1 says how great the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. The, the very essence of our identity is not grown-ups in God, it's, it's children of God. Even when Jesus, before he went to the cross, when he talked to the, the disciples in John 13, he addressed them as little children. You see, I believe that there is something in the heart of each and every one of us that is still... Uh, the the little less is alive and well, but because of the pain of everything we've experienced, because of an adult world system that doesn't value that, you know, we we go on a pursuit of trying to to deal with all of the wounding and the disappointment and the hurt that we had as children in an adult body, but it it, it just doesn't seem to work out. See, I believe an adult orphan heart is simply not built to receive an outpouring of the Father's love. It is too big. It is too independent. It is too self-sufficient. It hides its weaknesses and faults. It, it tries to pretend that it's something it's not. I think it feels like it has to earn or deserve love. And I believe that it, it struggles to believe that there, it's love because of the damage and the cynicism that, that happens when we get hurt. But I believe only the heart of a little child is positioned to receive the love that the Father has for us. A little child knows they're needy, they're helpless, they're vulnerable. A little child has a tender heart, not damaged yet by the broken world system. A little child is trusting, believing, and open to all the love it can receive. And you see, Jack Winter, and I, of course, you, for anybody who's listened to me before, you've heard me refer to Jack, and Jack was the man who prayed for me, and the 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 question he asked me before he imparted the Father's love to me through an embrace, he said, Barry, can you be a little boy that needs to be loved? And I, you know, when just watching, and I didn't know Jack for that long, only for a few years before he he went to be with the Lord. But when I watched him pray for people, Jack would always want to reconnect people with the little of them when he ministered. Because it was the little of them that knows they need to be loved. And I, I really believe the more that we can reconnect to the little us, even as big people, you know, I'm, I'm in my 60s now, you know, but even in Isaiah 40, 
46, God says to Israel, even to your old age and your gray hairs, I'm he who has sustained you and I will carry you. And, and, and there's this essence of the father's heart. Even when we get older, he still, he still reaches out to the little us. He still has a father's heart that sees the, not just the grown up in us, but the little us. And, you know, when I believe that when we are able to, to come into a place where we see the value of a childlike heart and not being childish. And, and of course I've spoke a lot about that. You know, biblical maturity is not, um, the definition of the world systems maturity. The world systems maturity is independent self-sufficiency, you know, dog eat dog world, you know, you're a self-made man or woman. And, you know, it's, it's all about performance, but where we're in the, in the kingdom of God, Jesus was the exact ex- expression of the father and he said, the son can do nothing of himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. And so true biblical maturity is not independence. True biblical maturity is complete dependence. And one of the signs of sonship that we read about in, uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, is those who are led by the Spirit of God. These are the, the sons of God. These are the children of God. And so when we come to a place in our heart where we, we, we become small enough in our heart that we need to be led, that we need to be helped, we need to be taught, we need to be carried, we need to be fed, we need to be clothed. When we have that beautiful innocence restored to our hearts and the gentleness and the humility in our hearts, I truly believe that positions us to be led by the Spirit of God. And I, I believe that you know, when we think about how do we change and become like little children again, right? And this is, I think that's, this is kind of the million dollar question. I, I think about the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus. Do you remember Nicodemus in John chapter 3? I'm, I'm not going to read the passage from chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. But basically, you know, Nicodemus was considered one of Israel's leaders, right? One of the premier leaders in, in the, the nation. And so at night he comes to, to Jesus and, and, you know, he talks of, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. And, and so he kind of affirms that, you know, Jesus, it, what he sees Jesus to be as, as being a great teacher. And then Jesus replies to him and he says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom unless they are born again. So, so here is Jesus speaking a truth of the kingdom that there, we, we all need a spiritual rebirth to see the kingdom of God, to enter the kingdom of God. What does Nicodemus do with this information? He thinks like an adult. He doesn't think with that beautiful, open, childlike heart that where all things are possible. He's not, he's not opening his heart up to the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He is trying to understand a spiritual principle through his intellect. And how does he respond? How can somebody be born when they are old? Nicodemus asks. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their, their mother's womb to be born. You see, he's thinking like a big person. And, and, and Jesus basically, you know, he says, unless you are born of water and of spirit, you know, you cannot enter the kingdom of God because flesh gives birth to flesh and spirit gives birth to spirit. But you see, then he goes on to say to Jesus or, or to Nicodemus, he says, because Nicodemus goes, how can this be? And then Jesus responded in verse 10. He said, you are Israel's teacher and you do not understand these things. You see, I think when we talk about a childlike heart, when Jesus talked about the kingdom being revealed to little babies, uh, we, you know, we read about even um, that 
a childlike heart is the baseline for even worship, you know, because in when we talk about in Matthew 21, um, that you know, the the little kids were were worshiping Jesus, you know, and uh, and and the the Pharisees were offended by that. And what does Jesus respond? He goes, "Out of the mouths of babes and nursing babies, you have perfected praise." So even a childlike heart is the baseline for all worship, you see. And so if we try to understand this through um, an, an adult mindset, we're going to, well, how does this work? We'll be like Nicodemus, like, how can I re-enter my mother's womb, right? And Jesus is saying, you don't get this. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. That is why we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation to grasp this. It is the Holy Spirit of sonship that makes this a reality in our hearts. And of course, in Romans 8, verses 15 to 17, we read about that, where where Paul says the Spirit has not made us, uh, given us, uh, us, made us a slave to fear again, but has given us the spirit of sonship, by which we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. See, it's the Holy Spirit that makes these things true. In Romans 5, 5, we knew it's, it's the Holy Spirit that is the vehicle in our hearts where God pours his love into our, our hearts. And, and so, you know, when I think about how does he pour his love into our hearts? Well, I've talked about this at length, so I won't spend a lot of time about it. But, you know, if you look at your life and my life, our lives are the summation of every life experience we've ever had. Right. You know, sometimes we think we when we were children, we were children. And then we, we when we grow up, you know, we might even quote Paul, the apostle and says, I put away childish things. And again, the things we're talking about aren't childish. It's childlike. But the reality is everything that you experienced and I experienced as little children is still a part of who we are today. It's not like we became a new person when we became an adult. You know, as I think James Jordan, I I, I, I remember him saying is that we're all little boys and little girls who ate our cereal and just got big. It's like, you know, every year of our life is like a growth ring in a tree. If you would cut the tree trunk and you would see all these rings and every ring would 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 uh, represent one year of growth in that tree. Well, there's a one year old growth ring in you. There's a 10 year old growth ring. There's a maybe a 61 year old growth ring like me. But the father, when he when the Holy Spirit pours into our heart the spirit of sonship that cries out that bears witness with our spirit so we cry abba i really believe it's the spirit of sonship that pours into the one-year-old that's still a part of barry today and the five-year-old and the you know the 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 61 year old but it's the little child in us as jack winter said can you be a little boy that needs to be loved barry you know, in, in that moment, I, it was like, it wasn't like I became a five-year-old, but I had a memory in my, in my mind, in my heart that triggered an incredible amount of pain between me and my father. And it just was like dominoes and other, and it just, that one memory represented many other memories of my life that I had spent my entire life looking for love in all the wrong places. And the devastation of that reconnected the adult Barry, and at that time I think I was 37 years of age, to the five-year-old little boy who just wanted a dad. And, you know, I just began to sob like a little boy. And so when Jack Winter said, Barry, can you be a little boy that needs to be loved? It was like in that moment when that memory, 
memory came when I was hurt as a little child, and I was hurt as a 37-year-old, but I, I, you know, the big adult independent me, you know, just kind of stuffs all that stuff down. But when the father was able to, to, to in a sense, get my attention by reconnecting me with the, the, the little boy, it was like the little boy could receive love. It was like the little berry, the hurt berry, the broken berry that could receive the love of the Father that I had been looked for, looked for all my life. You see, the truth is you and I were born to be loved. But the, the broken educational system shamed us into conformity. Our parents began to demand change from us, even at the earliest moments. The world system, the government system, the media, all infected the very core of who we are. And as we got older, our hearts began to shut down. Hurt, abuse, rejection, judgment, all contributed to our hearts being hardened. When we were little, we were powerless, and and big people could easily hurt us. And as I said, our parents were like God to us. They told us who we were. We believed everything they said. Many of us wanted to grow up as fast as we could to protect ourselves from that abuse. So when we talk about having a childlike heart and returning to that place of being a little child again, I think for many people it's scary because we don't want to return to that place of childlike vulnerability again. But as I've heard it said before, if we lose something, we need to go back to the place where we lost it to find it again. And I truly believe that if the Father's plan for us was you know, in that seed, that the sperm and the egg of our mom and dad, when that divine spark created us, there was a dream in the Father's heart that the Father had for us. And if Adam and Eve had never fell, your mother and your father would have been living in the garden and they would have been little and they would have experienced perfect love from their parents who lived in the garden. There would have been no sin. There would have been no shame. There would have been no abuse. There would have been no pain. And they would have been able to say the words the Father wanted them to say to you, to, to fan into flame every gift in you, to, to, to say, you could do it. I believe in you. You're beautiful. You know, you just be yourself. All those words of affirmation that, that God designed our parents to impart to us, they couldn't because it wasn't given to them. It's not about blaming them, but it's about understanding the cycle of gener- generational pain that has happened from Adam and Eve until today. But that still doesn't change the, 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 the fact that you and I have always needed to be loved. Because God created us in his image. But you see, I truly believe, even though it was scary for us as little children, when I was with, when I was little, my dad, and you know, I love him dearly. He's gone on to be with the Lord and God completely restored our relationship. But he, he was scary to me. He, he was very angry and, and he spoke with a, an authority that really terrified me. And so if I think about being parented by my father as a little boy, it was scary. But I want to encourage you that when we are able to get a do-over, a divine do-over again where God becomes our father and he reparents us, in a way that it's safe and that he because he promises to protect us we can we can go back to the origins of when we were little where he can actually speak to us about our destiny and our purpose and our value to him and our that we are created in his image and you know uh, our absolute delight 
that the, the delight that he that we have for him and, and or that he that he he makes he sings over us he rejoices over us all those things that you know maybe our parents if of course if there wasn't a fall would have said to us the father wants us to go back to our origins and i believe that the more that we can get in touch with the the little boy or the little girl that needs to be loved the more that we would have the courage to go back to those origins and that it is his love that will be able to restore what was lost in our lives. And it's his love that will enable us to do the good works that he prepared for us to do in advance. And that's what it says in Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship. The New Living Translation says we are his masterpiece, created to do the good works that he prepared for us to, to do in advance in Christ. See, there are good works that the Father created for you before he, cre- he created the foundation of the world. He chose you to be part of his family, and he has a dream for your heart. And I believe part of that journey home, a part of the restoration that you and I have of being everything that the Father created us to be, to position our hearts to receive love, is being able to embrace the little us, to, to, to be able to enjoy everything that he has in the kingdom. Now, I just want to read Matthew 18, verse 1 and 5. And of course, you're all, I'm sure, probably very familiar with this. It, it, this is where, this is really the basis of this talk. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, who takes the Whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And if if I, when I think about this, I think about what is Jesus basically saying? Turn. There's a, there's a transformation. Humble yourself. Humble yourself like a child and become, right? And a, a, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the, the word repent. Uh, that is uh, actually the Greek word is metanoia, which it doesn't mean repent. It means to change your thinking or come to your senses, basically. And and I really believe that part of that turning uh, and, and, and basically uh, that transformation happens when we come to our senses. And it's to begin to think differently. Not think with the intellect, not think with the adult mindset, because the kingdom is hidden from the the wise and the learned, but revealed to little children. But it's to begin to think like God. And if Jesus said that the greatest in the kingdom has the heart of a child, then what is God's heart like? What is the heart of Jesus like? But a beautiful, childlike heart, innocent, pure, holy, trusting you know, in all the aspects of a beautiful little baby, I believe that the Father wants to restore to us. And I believe that, you know, part of that awakening, and, and really it's, it's, it's a transformation, um, you know, very similar to the, in the sense, the, the prodigal son, right? Where we, we need to awaken to our need. We need to humble ourselves and then turn our hearts towards home. And I believe that, you know, in this area of a childlike heart, we all need a conversion. And, and I, I'm not sure if it's the King James Version, but Jesus said, unless you change, he said, unless you be converted. And and I believe there's this transformation that, you know, we can be able to to see 
the the a reparenting of everything that we need from the Father. And you know, when you think about the the word turn, because that's what Jesus said, except you turn. It it basically means uh, it's a Greek word. I'm not no, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. Strepho means to twist, turn, quite around, reverse, convert, turn back again. So when Jesus says, "Unless you turn and and become like a little child," he's saying literally go in the opposite direction. So if you think that the ways of an adult and you know all the all the things that the world celebrates, well, that's good. Well, you know what? Go in the opposite direction. And that's the first thing is to turn. And then the the word become, to become like a little child, it's it's not, um, the, the Greek word uh, means to cause, to be generated, to become, to become into being, to come to pass. So when Jesus says to become like a little child again, it's not kind of metaphorically saying that or, you know, allegorically. It's, he is literally saying there is a, a turning that we can have, and I believe that's that metanoia, transformation, thinking like God, and turning and, and then becoming like a little child is not just like, you know, from a distance seeing it and saying, oh, that's very nice. But there is a transformation in our hearts. When God is our Father, when He begins to pour His love into our hearts by His Spirit, that we could actually be re-permissioned to become little again. So that we could, that He could revisit all of the things that He desired for us to, to experience, that we would be reparented in love, we'd be reparented in hope, we'd be reparented in trust, we would be reparented in childlike imagination and faith and all these wonderful things that the Father wants to, to reparent us. And of course, part of this, and this is where what I, I was talking about at the beginning, where where the the childlike heart message can be not very attractive to the adult mindset because, uh, you know, it's not power, it's not independence, it's not self sufficiency, it's foolish, it's simple, you know, even though God chose the foolish things of the world to, to shame the wise, and it's just not attractive. But this is where Jesus said, unless you take the lowly position of this little child, unless you humble yourself like this little child. And and basically, to humble yourself in the Greek means to humble yourself. (laughs) You know, and I think think that's one of the the problems that we have is that we we struggle and we just want to try to manage life in our our own strength. But little kids, they have a beautiful humility. When they're hurt, they just reach reach out their arms to their parent and they just want to be hugged and carried and, and comforted. But with the adult in us, you know, we struggle with that and pride comes and independence and our ego and, you know, the self in us just wants to resist all that and leave me alone. I'm okay. You know, you know, there's no problem. But I believe that the father wants to reawaken in each and every one of us a beautiful willingness to humble ourselves. It's not like self-abasement and you know we self-hatred and we beat ourselves and all those things. It's not about that. It's just about coming to a place where you acknowledge your need before God. Oh, Father, I I can't manage life. I'm I I'm just little. I say that oftentimes to the Father. You know, we have over the years that the, the things that we've had to deal with. You know, the kind of impossible vision of seeing the love letter delivered around the world. You know, it just could be overwhelming and. And I would just go to the Father, and I still do it today, Father. I'm just little. I don't know what I'm doing, Papa. You know, it's just embrace that humility. Papa, would you just do what I can for, for me, what we can't? When our daughter was struggling with cancer in, in two and a half years of treatment, you know, it was just like, Father, this is hurting. I'm hurt. I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm afraid. 
And, you know, when we're able to be honest and transparent and like vulnerable, like little children, then the father gets a chance to father us, to reparent us like he always desires to. You see, James 4 verse 6 says this, but he gives more grace. This is why the scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. You see, God resists the pride in me when I try to be big and strong and competent. You know, I I find it's just like there's this resistance. But when I embrace the heart of a child, when I embrace a childlike heart and embrace the humility of a little child in every beautiful aspect of a childlike heart, it's like the grace of God. Like I'm a magnet. You're a magnet to the grace of God. Because Papa says, oh, I can father you. Second Corinthians 16, 8, or 618, I will be a father to you. It's in that place, in our brokenness, in our honesty, in our vulnerability, in our transparency, in our innocence, that the Father wants to come and he wants to love us. And, and, and we, it's, it's, Jesus said, unless you humble yourself like a child, it's not like God's going to humble us. He wants us to humble ourselves in that way. You see, James 4, verse 10, and this is just four verses later. This is To me, this is what happens when we are able to humble ourselves this way. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. You see, I believe like a little child, we humble ourselves and he picks us up and he puts us on our shoulders. And then we see the kingdom from the vantage point of our Heavenly Father's shoulders. And it is a completely different vantage point than that of a servant or an orphan trying to manage life and trying to be a worker in the kingdom and trying to get the job done. I truly believe that the Father wants to pick us up. And when we humble ourselves before him, he is the one that lifts us up. Wow. How do we become childlike? Well, I think the first thing is to acknowledge our need to be fathered. And one of the things that I'm preparing for uh, a few messages on the childlike heart, uh, and I asked Papa, I said, what do I do? How do I minister this message to people? And he said, help them to remember. You see, I think we have this disconnection between the little us and the big us and because of pain and bad memories and trauma and all those things, we can't remember what it means when it was safe to be little. And I believe the Father wants to help us to remember so that childlike vulnerability can rise up within us. And when that happens, that we can, like the prodigal son coming home, we just make a beeline home. We, we, we metanoia. We change our thinking. We come to our senses and we go in the opposite direction. And my encouragement to you is to ask God to, to reconnect you, the adult you. No matter how old you are, you could be a hundred years of age and in God's sight, you're just a little one because he's the ancient of days. To ask God to reconnect the, the big you with the little you. And then to ask him to touch every growth ring in your heart. To love the one-year-old in you. To love the five-year-old in you. And to be able to, to receive his love just like a little child would. You see, I believe our, our new birth in the kingdom of God allows us to do the biggest, best do-over ever. See, one of the things that I think evangelical Christianity has done is that Jesus said, unless you be born again... You won't see the kingdom. And we all believe in the new birth. But 
it seems like because of the influence of the orphan mindset and the adult mindset, we think that you we become born again into the kingdom and then we have to grow up right away because there's a lot of work to do. Jesus never ever said to be born again into the kingdom and then become an adult again and work, 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 work. I truly believe that the more that we can get in touch with being Abba's children, living in love, just being little boys and little girls who need a dad, that when we are weak, then we are we carry the strength of God in us, that God can do more in a, in a twinkling of an eye, in his grace and mercy pouring out his his love and his kindness to a little child than that little child could ever do in a lifetime of adult striving. See, I truly believe a little child, the little child in you can really start to imagine what life could look like living in the garden again. And it's the only way that life makes sense for, for my wife and I. So, you know, and I don't know in a sense at the template, I don't mean it to be like something like a formula, but when I think about, you know, the turning and the humbling ourselves and becoming like a little child, I truly believe that any area in our life where we need a revelation of the Father's love, if we need comfort, oh, Father, I just want to turn and I want to run into your arms. I want to confess my need to be loved. I just, I'm hurting. I need to be comforted. You know, and just to have that humility of heart to, and then that's when we experience this love, loving the little us, and we receive the comfort. And King David said in Psalm 131, like a weaned child with its mother, like my a weaned child is my soul within me. I believe there's a, a time in our hearts, and it's an ongoing process. I'm in the process like you. You know, I'm going to Finland the next week. And, you know, I haven't traveled internationally for two and a half years. So when I'm going and they're my friends and it's a safe place and they're wonderful, open-hearted, but I'm going, I'm going, Abba, I need you to be with me. I'm just little. You know, when I, you know, go, stand up at a podium and I'm facing, you know, a a couple hundred people or whatever, and I'm just like, I'm just little, Abba. I can't do this. And Father is continually faithful. So my encouragement to you is to I ask you the question that Jack Winter asked me. Can you be a little boy or a little girl that needs to be loved? Would you be willing to allow yourself to be reparented by God, even in your old age, even with your gray hairs, even in, in you know, whatever life experience you've had, that there is this little boy, a little boy, a little girl in you still. And I truly believe it's when we remember that and we reconnect with that, that that's the, the, the little us that receives the revelation of the Father heart of God. And we cry out, Abba. And I truly believe the Father wants to pour his love into every area of life where we need to be repented. And in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus said, Don't be afraid, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. How do we receive the little kingdom? Well, Jesus said in Luke 18 that that unless you receive the kingdom like a little child, you won't you won't enter it. How do little children receive gifts? How do little children receive birthday gifts and Christmas gifts? There's no hum- there's no pride or independence. There's a beautiful humility that would receive everything that people want to give them. They just say hooray. If Christmas was every day, little children would absolutely love it. 
And I truly believe even now the Father wants to impart his kingdom to you. And the kingdom is so big that it's beyond your ability to manage it, to grasp it, to intellectualize it. It is way too big for the big you. But the little you, the five-year-old in you, just goes, hooray, angels, you know, uh, eternal life, heaven, you know, anointings, you know, all this stuff that people are going to rise from the dead. Hooray. Because <laughs> we don't think with this. We think we live by our hearts. And I believe there's a beautiful childlike heart in you. So I just want to pray. And then I'm just going to ask Mark to come up. And I'm just going to ask, Father, that by the power of your spirit, even now, that you would just reconnect. Just reconnect us, Father. With the childlike heart inside of us. The, the little boy or little girl who just needs a dad. Would you help us remember? Not because, and, and Father, would you just cover every fear of, of memories that are painful and trauma with your love and your grace and your mercy? And would you be able to just reparent us in every area where we need a dad? Where we need a mother's love. We need a father's love where we need to be loved with an everlasting love. Oh, thank you, Father. Just keep on drinking his love. Keep on drinking in his, his, his parenting love, his fathering love, his mothering love. He wants to restore all that was lost in your formative years. In Galatians 4, verse 6 and 7, Paul writes, Because you are his sons, sons and daughters, God sent the Spirit of his, of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Wow. So I just encourage you just to... Take a deep breath and receive all the love the Father has for you. Because He's always been Father and He always will be Father and He wants to awaken in you by the spirit of wisdom and revelation that He's your dad. You may be big on the, on the outside, but in the inside there's a tender-hearted little girl or little boy that just needs to be loved. And I believe it's the, the Father wants to pour His love into every growth of you ring in your life right now would you just be willing to say yes father help me to be little help me to turn and go in the opposite direction help me to humble myself like a little child would so that I could become a little child with a really big dad and all God's people said amen Amen, indeed. <laughs> Thanks, Parry. It doesn't go old. Grow old. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You're welcome. I hope uh, that was made sense to somebody. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just feel that, you know, the spirit of wisdom and revelation will make these things known. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that God will continue to pour His love into our hearts. Yeah, 
So just before we finish, let's raise a virtual hand to Barry and bless him on his way to Finland. You know, yeah, I receive um, that. Peace and joy would go with him. So Father, we just bless Barry as he goes to Finland. We Father, we pray for your words. We pray for your the clarity. We pray for good interpretation. <laughs> yeah. And Father, every step along the way, you're just yes, keep Barry in that place of dependence on you. Yeah. Father, just pray for all the travel that it will go smoothly and Amen. work out well. <laughs> pray for good interpreters to just yeah. work well and catch Barry's heart as he shares. Yeah. And we pray, Father, for Anne as she's left at home, that you would just be with her and, and Barry's mum and just there'd be peace in the household. Yes, Lord. All the way through the family. Father, just pray a rich blessing that this would be a great, great trip. And yeah. so many, even now, Father, you'd prepare people's hearts what Barry's going to share. So bless him. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks, everybody. And as we just go out, I'm just going to end with the Lord's Prayer. And if you just, just to, um, just to remind us, the only ones that can ask for the kingdom of God to come to planet Earth are the, the little kids that can say, Our Father who art in heaven. Yeah. So I just encourage you, have a great week. Um, thanks for your prayers, and I'll see you in, a, in three weeks, I guess, when I'm back. And, and, and I pray blessing upon blessing on Mark. When he goes to Uganda, I'll be thinking about you, mate, when I'm in Finland, and you'll be on your way. Uh, two little boys going to do different continents and having adventures with their dad. It's so awesome. Having a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> having lots of fun. So bless everybody, and I'll just end with this video. and just It's just a minute long, and uh, we'll see you when we see you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.